0: Yes, g'day and welcome to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast where we talk everything off-road, outdoors and off-grid. We also talk some Aussie history, shoot the breeze, and we always get sidetracked. I don't know how that happens, but it happens every single time. Now due to some uh, separate work commitments, that's meant that we had to take a bit of a break here for a few weeks. So to those of you that are asking what's happened to the podcast, well here we are, we're back. Now this week we'll take a look at um, some history, which we do that every week, and of course the Australian Kelpie, which we made Rico go and watch Red Dog last time we spoke. So we, uh, we're going to look at the history of the Australian Kelpie, as well as catch up on just what we've been up to over the last few weeks. We've seen to have been everywhere. Now look, it's kickback listening, so why not just kickback yourself uh, with a couple of knockabout blokes. Grab yourself a beer, a stubby, or whatever it is, and um, just listen to two blokes talking about just getting out there. Well, let's bring the other half of this little operation into the fold. Rico, g'day, good to see you, mate. Mate, glad to be back. It's been a while. Oh, it's been ages. It seems like ages. Yeah. I well, know you've been
1: gallivanting around the countryside, uh, doing, mate,
0: doing the whole jet-setting thing, or in a four-wheel drive at least. How are you yeah, doing it the right way? I was in a plane yesterday, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, mate, yeah, I have been. And uh, Well, look, look, I went to Adelaide, and then I got back and I was crook. I picked up some sort of a man flu from down there.
1: Yeah, mate, you're lucky to survive the man flu. And
0: then you, we were going to do it, and I said, mate, don't come near me, because, um, mate, I was absolutely gonsky. So we um, we had a, had a break. Then, I'm still getting over it as you can hear, yeah. it was I'm massive. <laughs> but then you um, then you had some filming on one day, yeah, and I had to some... do something else, and then I had to go to Perth, and then you had some personal issues to take care of, which you did, and... Yeah. Um, and we did all that, and then uh, here we are. We're back. Yeah, well, the planets have aligned, mate. <laughs> That's it, mate. So, um, but yeah, I tell you what, mate. Like you said, so we're all over the place. I was. I went to Adelaide Four Wheel Drive Show, which was big. You've been to the Perth one? Yeah, it's huge. Oh, absolutely w- massive, mate. Ab- absolutely massive, ma- massive. All right, I think the whole world was there. It was. Uh, it was really, really big. L- big turnout. The, geez, they love it over there, don't they? The four wheel drive community. They yeah, can't mate. get enough
1: of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going next
0: year. One way or the other, I will be there. Yeah, well, mate, uh, it certainly is a big show. And um, to everyone that came up and said g'day, plenty of people listened to the podcast too, mate, who, who came up to me and said they're liking what we're doing. I said, well, that's all right. We'll be back into it soon. Yeah, well, there you go. That's good. Where have we been? We've been nowhere for the last few weeks. <laughs> but I've got to tell you that uh, plenty of people, like I say, did come up. And those of you that did, good on you. Thanks for coming up and saying g'day. And uh, especially some of those other ones too that listen to the radio show over there. And, of course, that podcast as well. And it was great to bump into uh, all of you people there. But, geez, like you say, it was a big show. I spent some quality time with um, Graham and Shano. <laughs> <laughs> Um Anyway, we uh, got into the, what they call the bush Yeah, you know, The bush chooks are? The emus. Yeah. Yep. How yeah. How good they, are they? The emus. Icy cold, straight out of the no, fridge. No, not a beer man. Yeah, I know. No good to so me. you really let yourself down terribly. The exports, but I um and then on the way back, I um I did the radio show from um, Balladonia Roadhouse. Yep, been been, there. In, been in there. Sure have. Yeah, the museum and the yep the Skylab parts of Skylab and which I think are replicas, but the rest of it, <laughs> the old car coming through the wall, and I tell you the one thing I noticed on the way over and on the way back was the amount of people on the road travelling. Yeah, it's good to see, isn't it? That's one stretch of the road across there, okay, albeit a very big stretch. But, mate, I saw thousands of caravans and motor homes and camper trailers. And that's just one road, one stretch in Australia. Yep. I'm tipping if you were up on the Sturt, up on the um, Stuart Highway, or if you were up, up around the Cape or whatever to no where you were, you would have been seeing what I was seeing in regards to caravans, campers, and trailers.
1: Yeah, well, mate, it's getting uh,
0: everyone sort of. Heading south for the summer, I guess, getting away from the north. I yeah, spoke to a lot of people that had come down the west coast and, and yeah. were cutting across and heading back over east yep. for that reason. Uh, although Ronnie Dale and a few of the others were heading to the Kimberley straight after the show. Crazy. Jeez, Ooh. it'd be warm up there. Yeah, they're up there now. And boys, I know you're not listening to this, but if just in case you are, thanks for the video I saw the other day. That You know they did? Funny blokes. They bought themselves an above-ground pool, put the pool up, pump water out of the river into the pool, wherever they are, yep. in the middle of nowhere, and spent the day swimming and kicking back and drinking beers in this pool. Oh, nothing wrong but, with that. the river's full of crocs. <laughs> so uh, And it'd be very, very, in the high 40s where they were, so uh, very but they clever. had a drone shot of uh, of the pool and it takes off and there's just nothing. Middle of nowhere. Yep. I don't know whether they'll leave the pool there. Imagine that when you turn up and go, back. there's a pool here. <laughs> well, I hope they don't leave it there. No, I don't think so. No, their boys will take that with them. But, but it was good. But on the way back, obviously I hooked in going over because I had some commitments over there. But on the way back, I checked a few places out. And one night I camped at a place called Scott's Point near Fowler's Bay. Have you been in there? No, I haven't been to that one. Mate, great spot. Yeah, it's about twenty-two k's off the highway, and uh, all dirt basically. And you get in and make some a little campground right behind the dunes. No facilities or anything like that. But, mate, what a great spot it was. Just And on a, on, a, on that night, just the full moon coming up over the yeah the lovely. whole thing. And it was just unbelievable. And then the sunrise in the morning. But the funny part was, I'm cruising along. I overtake a bloke at a motorhome who calls me up. Is that you, Ducky? So uh, he listens to this Red Dirt. Oh, Red Dirt. Ned Kelly from Tenerfield. Well done, Ned. It was good to see you. And he used to work for Wickham Freight Lines. He's retired now. He used to cart the um, continuous call team semi trailer for us. Oh, there you go. So well, it was great to catch up with Ned. But yeah, how's that? He's in the middle of nowhere. Small world, isn't it? And you, you overtake some. Know, a few blokes called me up on the CB who listen to the radio end of the podcast. So to all you blokes who did that, good on you. And thanks for tuning They're in. They're champions. And uh, yeah, so camp there, but made it a great time. It's a good run over there. Oh, I love it. Fantastic drive. Yeah, have you taken that Normanton Hyden Road?
1: No, I haven't. Well, I haven't. Mate,
0: next time you, if you ever drive to Perth, take that. Yep. Because Ronnie Dale and um, Chris Woods put me onto that. What a shortcut. He's 200k straight off. 300k's of dirt it is. Yep. So you get to that end of sort of what you would call, I guess, the Nullarbor, leave Balladonia, get to um, Normanton, and you can go right to go to Kalgoorlie or left to go to Esperance. Yep. Well, you go left and right, takes on the Normanton Right the, between the two. In the Normanton, Hyden Road. Yep which is a 300-kilometre dirt road through all the salt lakes. Oh, nice. But, uh, ma- and well-maintained dirt road because there's a bit of mining out there. Yeah. So there's a road train coming the other way. Graham Cahill's a big fan of it as well. Yeah. I was talking to him about it the other week. He's, he's, he uses it. And real good camp spots in there.
1: Yeah, I've only come across uh, through Kalgoorlie,
0: unfortunately, yeah. which which is an interesting place. I'm sure it is. I've got a mate of mine who yeah. works there. So, <laughs> on you, Roger, who, who works there. He's from Esperance and... Uh, usually our timing wasn't good for him because I've always said, "Rog, I'll get over there and we'll hook up." So yeah. I get over there and he's flown to over to some country somewhere far away from here. <laughs> wasn't he? So chasing skirt, I think. Rog, yeah, no doubt, no but, doubt. Um, but he was he was over there, so missed him. But he also mentioned this road and said it was a beauty, a great shortcut. So. Put that one on your list, mate. Uh, the list is just getting longer and longer, isn't it? It is. And uh, like I say, good camping in there as well. It, it basically comes out at Wave Rock. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was great. And there was a bit of camping. I camped at a place called The Gorge, I think, uh, which um, was this big rock pool, like enormous, in the, um, in the Wheat belt in that sort of country. Yep. W8, mate, unbelievable. It's just so spectacular all out there. It would have been great to spend more time if I had more time to go looking around over there for oh, weeks, always then. the way, isn't it? But I think next year, if we do the same, probably do Adelaide and then go from Adelaide over to Perth because I had to come back to MC a wedding, which I did, and um and that sort of was in the right in the middle of all of that, which meant I, I so I didn't leave from Adelaide. But next year I reckon I'll take the couple of weeks and do that, mate.
1: Yeah, that was always the downer with the off-road adventure show is. Uh, you're in and out everywhere so quickly. Mm. You never really get the opportunity to go and, and look at all the other bits and pieces that are nearby where you are. Mm. Uh, don't get me wrong, got to experience some awesome stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, but plenty, time. Yeah. Plenty
0: more we could have done. Time restraints, mate. Yeah. So, mate, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Mate, a uh, bit of filming. As we said
1: earlier, so I've been doing some, uh, some ambassador work with a, a car dealership called mm. Hunter Motive. So these guys have uh, North Shore Mitsubishi, Hunter Holden, Hunter HSV. Mm. Um, and they've been uh, very kind and put me up in a few vehicles. So, oh, but this year I've spent the year in, in new Tritons, uh, HSVs, so the Silverado, mm. uh, the Sports Cap, which was awesome. Uh, and a variety of Colorados as well, but the last filming commitment we had was with HSV, and we did mm. the Sports Cat, and I've got to i got to be honest, it's uh, it was very impressive. Yeah. Now right. yeah, a lot of people give it a bit of a bad rap, thinking it's just a you know
0: a show pony with a bunch of
1: stickers, but mm. there is actually quite a lot more to it. Yeah, and, right. Okay. And it all makes sense off road.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Well, they should say you've turned up on a motorbike. Yeah, mate.
1: Got me evil canoval on today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Basically, this has come about because of one of the other. Things that's taken up a fair bit of my time. Unfortunately, my stepfather passed away recently, mm, as, uh, as people would have seen on Facebook, if, if you follow me there. Uh, and I inherited a motorcycle from him. Yeah, right, okay. So, yeah, I've been uh, back on two wheels the first time in a long time. I mm. used to work in bike shops back in the day. I spent, oh, did you? spent the better part of the 90s. Malvin <laughs> Stars and Speedwills? <laughs> no, Yamahas and Suzukis, mate. Yeah, uh, people
0: still remember those. Yeah, that's right. No. What are they called? What are bikes now? What is the big brand now? Shimano. Well, they're the gears. They're the gears. I don't know, mate. Mm. I couldn't tell you. They were the day then. If you didn't have a Malvin Star or a Spook, well, it was like Ford yeah. or Holden.
1: I, I'm picking you as a Cyclops kind of guy. No,
0: no, no, mate. I was a Malvin Star <laughs> man. Yeah, Malvin Star man, mate. Anyway, but um, that were the days. Yeah, well, that was... Uh, yeah, so, and obviously I've spoken to you privately about that with your stepdad and... Um,
1: yeah, let's... um. Well, look, you know, the, the pain and suffering is not there anymore. People mm. who've, who've had family members, friends and stuff like that go through mm. cancer will know what it's all about. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, he's at rest and that's great. The family have uh, have been able to put it behind us now. Obviously, he'll never mm. be forgotten. Mm. Uh, and every time I, I throw the leg over the bike, I'll, I'll have a lovely memory of him.
0: Yeah, do a little wheelie for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good, good stuff, mate. Or a big one. Absolutely. Yeah, well, exactly <laughs> right. All right, mate, no, um, okay, well, I'm glad, yeah, but and like you say, it's always, um, I mean, it's part of life and, and it's a tough thing that everybody goes through, And uh, but mate, no, and I'm sure you want to thank people for their wishes, I mean, I saw plenty of people were wishing you well.
1: Yeah, mate, the support mm. has been overwhelming, to be honest, mm. uh, so to everyone on Facebook who sent little messages of, of support and and wrote on the posts and things like that, thank you very much, it means a lot to me and my family. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, my, my mum was, was quite touched as well when she mm. read through some of these messages mm. from people that, that she didn't know and a lot of them that I don't really know either mm. apart from, from being Facebook friends. Mm. Um, yeah, really, it, it does make a difference in getting
0: through what is a, a sad time. Yeah, exactly right. Well said, mate. All right, well, uh, mate, you want to talk about... You watch Red Dog. Now, I was giving it to you last time it because, because um, you, you hadn't seen it. And no, I said, that's mate, right. that's a disgrace.
1: Well, I don't
0: know and about then, that. And then well it is. I mean it's like if you haven't seen Crocodile Dundee, The Man from Snow River or Red Dog. Well mate, I don't I think it's un Australian.
1: Really? Okay. Well, I think
0: they're through the big movies. Well look, I've seen all of them now. Well done. So what did you think of Red Dog? Did you cry? I didn't cry, mate. Rob no. Caldy cried.
1: I, I I I didn't even really get emotional, to be honest. Mm. But uh but I I it took a little while to get started. I almost turned it off after ten minutes. So this is just going nowhere.
0: It's a bit like that. It's one of those movies where you think, "What's going on here? This they're going is... to belt the bloke as he walks in the pub." You just don't know if they're going to be. Yeah, heard. that's right. It's a little bit weird, is he goes into the roadhouse, doesn't he, into the pub, into the pub, and he's he's obviously an out of towner, and you think, "What's going to happen to this bloke?" But obviously, they take him in and yeah, tell him the story. He's yeah, undercutting and... the old mate who got killed on the motorbike, and undercut him and got his misses in the end, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Believable. Cut his grass. Anyway, but um, mate, it was uh, a, it's a good movie. I know when they played it out at Big Red Bash, um, it was just imagine the scene. It was like, like at night, and and Greg Donovan's had Red Dog on on the big screen. Yeah, this was the night before the concert started, and he was Rob, Rob from Cold. He's standing there, misty eyed again, around <laughs> the fire watching it. We were giving it uh, to him. He had a birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Rob. Just on coldies, yes, too. happy birthday, princess. For those of you that... The, oh, I wouldn't know about princess. <laughs> More like the, one of the ugly sisters. Fair dinkum. <laughs> now, look, just on the coldies, I mean, as you know, um, we've just built another four-wheel drive. You've seen some evidence here as you walked in. Yeah, um, evidence. The young bloke Carnage. Is just... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get a mechanic in the, in the fold. But he... Um, oh, mate, he was working on it last minute, doing things, and... Tightening up things and packing and all that stuff, as you know, and he worked. He got up real early and then uh, he was all day. And then I said, "Mate, you're going to run out of daylight here." He had mates here and hook, or even little things like having to hook up the UHF and things hadn't done. Yeah. You know. And in the end, I just said to him when he finished, "I said, just leave it, son. I'll pick it all up."
1: I noticed you <laughs> had not picked it up yet.
0: No, no. I had to go to, I had to fly out interstate, <laughs> which I'll talk about that in a minute. But I, um, but anyway, so uh, but no, he's on Fraser. Yeah, excellent. So uh, Yeah, so for anyone who's been following the page, um, you'll see, I've told him to send me some photos of that. But just on that, mate, good, uh, the boys at Coldy's, in particular Dave Coldy, looked after him and he worked at Coldy's for a while uh, yep. after school and Saturdays a few years back. I think he's going back Saturdays again. But um, no, mate, went down to Coldy's and Coldy said, yeah, we can sort this and get what you need and looked after him and, you know, gave him a yeah, good price no, on not, stuff. Not and, surprised at all, because, mate. Champions down there. Yeah, and because he was um in there... Uh, you know, he'd go in and do a bit on himself at night, and so Colty accommodated for all that for him. So good on you, Colty. You're a good man. Yes, indeed. But, um, but anyway, so uh, you know, he's up there and he's doing it. And, he's, and mate, I wish I was with him. Yeah, saw a post this morning. Yeah. Seven, there's seven of them. Seven vehicles, fourteen of them. Yeah, great place to be right now. They're on the west side of it of the island for I think th- four nights, and then they go over to the other side for four nights. Oh, well, I hope they brought the mozzie repellent. Yeah, he had the uh, Bushmans with him, so there yeah, you go. The sandflies over the other side are terrible. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, so because you watch Red Dog, you want to talk about the Australian Kelpie this week?
1: Yeah, mate. I thought I'd uh, I'd touch on that, and we'd do the origins of the Kelpie dog. It's mm. obviously uh, a dog that holds a pretty special place in the heart of most Aussies, So mm. we'll talk about where the breed come from and yeah. and what's made it you know such a special dog for Australians.
0: I reckon after that movie Red Dog first came out, there were people buying those dogs everywhere. Oh no doubt. Pups.
1: They're very, very clever dogs. I
0: don't know whether... No, but not because of that, because they just wanted one. <laughs> I'm, I, I, well, look, I'm tipping plenty of people, especially in the city.
1: Yeah, that, that'd just be cruel to the dog, if you ask me. Well, like, so they're, a, they're working dogs. They're, they're well, not. I've got
0: one here, but, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's doing it too tough, but... Not a Kelpie, but a blue cattle dog. He's a working dog, obviously. But um, yeah, Not quite as energetic as a Kelpie, though. He, he's been a pup for 12 years. <laughs> Mate, what I mean to say is, like, you imagine what most people in the city would have got any sort of a working dog. Yep. they are a pup for a very, very long time, chewing up stuff, yep. ripping things apart, <laughs> full noise. It's because they're bored. Yeah, yeah and um, well, the, we got, we got a dog this year, and I wanted to get something like
1: uh, a kelpie or, or something similar, something mm. that's very intelligent, easy to train. Mm. Um, but you know with with where I live and what I do for work, and, and quite often I'm away for mm. extended periods of time in, in national parks and places where you can't actually take the dog with you. Mm. I didn't think that it would be the right thing to do. It would be, it'd be cruel to have him locked up, mm.
0: you know, half the year. Mm. Well, so, i got Bluey here. He's been here for a long time, but, I mean, obviously we get him out. Um, I would have liked to have taken him on that trip I just did because it was just me. Yeah. I went on my own. It was funny. I remember, I remember you saying how you'd like to cross the Simpson on your own. Yeah, I would. Um, Absolutely, mate. Cross another ball back on your own. Pretty good. Yep, I enjoyed it. Wait, I just, I, I, especially on the way back because I, I wanted to get there because I had commitments there, obviously, right? So I didn't muck around in getting there. But getting coming back, I had time up my sleeve. i and mate, just on my own, it was brilliant. Apart from that one night where I bumped into our mate, it was just brilliant. So It's a good thing I like myself. <laughs>
1: <Hey>. <laughs> I can imagine you just sitting there tapping your. Tapping your toes on the floor with oh, the cruise mate, control going. No, I would kick the back. fingers it. tapping on the dash, listening to yourself on a podcast. No,
0: I didn't do any of that. No, I listen to music. <laughs> I don't listen to myself on the podcast, but I certainly listen to plenty of music. And uh, mate, I, I took the camper trailer with me. And do you um, sing
1: in the car while you're driving?
0: Oh, I might. I could do. I don't know. I yeah. think a lot. Yeah, the brain mind doesn't stop thinking about things and what we're going to get up to. And yep. But um, and mate, it was just brilliant. Like just pull up, and then I just pull the tent out, soft floor oh, camper the trailer. I was in a bit of comfort. but one night, it was absolutely blowing a gale. So I just sort of, you know, the tent's pretty big. A tent, it's, By the time you pull it out, it takes the amount, same amount of time as a swag. But um, so I just sat there with a few cans and had a bit of music on, listened to a bit of radio. I didn't listen to any podcasts. But I did, um, one night, I bumped into a bloke who was doing a lap on his own. And he had three swags on. And I said, what's the go with the three swags? And it was funny, he was a school teacher from Sydney. Yep. And um, he said, because he had mates flying in and out around the place, uh, meeting him at different places. There you go. For a weekend or something, depending on where he was. Yeah, good to that. But um, on the night, one night it was, it got. It was at Balladonia actually, and it got down to about three degrees. And uh, he was sitting there shivering around his swag when I was just in my tent. And, but no, it was good, mate, because was, I did was a bit of comfort, so... But uh, there you go. So, uh, I, I did enjoy that, mate. Just travelling on my own. Oh, it's the best. It mm. is the best. Yeah. No one saying, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You'll have, you know, you'll having another beer, are you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, when when we were doing the off road adventure show, and, and quite often you'd um, you'd leave at different times to to head home, uh, depending on what the commitments were, and and the times where I would travel alone, I wouldn't have to worry about what the other blokes wanted to do and they wanted mm. to stop, you know. Especially when, you, when you're travelling with someone like Stevie Zamet who wants to stop every 20 minutes. Why? For a cigarette or a toilet break. Every yeah. 20 minutes, Stevie Z needs to stop. Right. And uh, I I actually made him travel with my old man one time. Yeah. So my old man was driving my car, I think, to Alice Springs and Stevie was travelling with him. Might have mm-hmm. been Alice Springs or Mount Isa, I can't remember. And uh, my old man's an old truck driver. Yeah. So he doesn't like to stop. Yeah. He's, he's got a job to do. wishka. Tunnel vision, blinkers on. You get, you get in the zone. He's he's mm. he lives in the zone. Mm. He he did Alice Springs back to Newcastle in two days. Yeah, he just doesn't stop. So uh, he had it, to go with Stevie Z. Stevie Z ended up nicknaming him Bill Iron Bladder O'Brien because <laughs> the bloke never stopped to go to the toilet, and Stevie's just hanging for him to stop so he could have a smoke.
0: Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, oh, well, funny good stories. Man, good man, Stevie Z. Anyway, you know, people don't know what we're talking about, Steve Zammett from MDC, so there you go, and uh, you can catch him on our radio show a few times. All right, mate, well, we better get into it, I guess, we'll also just talk about, it's coming up to that time of year now, mate, with um, school holidays not far away, Christmas holidays, the East Coast will be full on. Yeah, it will. Um, as will the West Coast, of course, but um, all the all the caravan parks from every, best about everywhere on the East Coast will be chock-a-block over the next certainly will, yep. in a few weeks' time, so it's that... Christmas period and um, mate, school holidays and caravans and tents and campers. There'll be people absolutely out there doing it everywhere. So we might talk about some of the spots there. And um, look, if you can, depending on where you are, obviously listening to this, get in and support some of those regions up around the Mid North Coast too, if you can camp up there somewhere or do some holidaying. They've been absolutely hammered by the fires up there. Yeah, that's
1: right. And a, and a massive shout out to the, the Rural Fire Services mm. and all of the volunteers and people that are involved in fighting those yeah, fires um, and, and busting their butts to save people's properties mm. and, and homes. Yeah. Uh,
0: just incredible the work they do. Well done, guys and girls. Yeah, and not only that, our hearts go to the people who have lost properties and obviously worse than that, some people have lost their lives. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. The one thing, and we spoke about this on the um, on the radio show last week, Not not... Not you know not in in great detail, but we didn't mention it. And obviously, I'm not saying this causes this has caused the fires, but the fact that over the last what since what Bob Carr was a premier in New South Wales, there were a lot of gates put on tracks, yep. a lot of fire trails you can't access, um, has, hasn't helped.
1: No, oh, you can't argue that fact. Of course it hasn't helped. It hasn't helped, hasn't you it? Know, the, the impact that four-wheel drivers have on the bush in a positive way mm. cannot be overstated. Mm. Um, don't want to get up on a soapbox or anything here, but this is a subject that I'm pretty passionate about.
0: Mm. It hasn't helped at all. And I mean, when you've got... Look, the, the, the people will do this job. Not not all, not the entire job, but the people, like the like you say, the four-wheel drivers who get out there... And there's a tree down, and they cut it up with a chainsaw that's and right. clear the track.
1: They will clear the tracks. They'll mm. make sure that there's clear access for everyone, including yeah. fire trucks and when things like. When they need like to get that. in there, they'll get out there, and and they'll also go and do working bees and things like that mm. as well. You know, yeah, the get, clubs, the
0: four-wheel drive clubs, yeah, and all they get that rid, will rid of, do that.
1: get rid of lantana and other noxious weeds, and <laughs> you know, and do their bit to keep the areas as clean mm. as possible, mm. so that when fire does come through, there's there's no more fuel there than there needs to be. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I'm and I'm, look, I'm not saying that's what caused it. Uh, of course it hasn't, but let me tell you, it hasn't helped. The and, Gosper's uh,
1: Mountain region—that's mm. that used to be a four-wheel driving mecca. They've—they've mm. uh, they've turned that back into a wilderness. You're not allowed to access it at all. Mm. Uh, and look what happened there.
0: Mm, it's just unbelievable. And, and, and look, you know what they can—and it's probably still not really the time to be saying what caused this and what caused that. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not—you know—we don't want to get political on this podcast, but oh, certainly not. I mean, these people that are saying it's climate change—I mean, really? No. Uh, I don't think so. I think it might be the fact that we're in the driest continent in Australia. We have droughts. We have bushfires. The driest we continent have in Australia. Oh, the, sorry, the, <laughs> the driest continent in the world. Um, we, have fire, we have fires. We have drought. We have floods. Yeah, we do. We um, do. And it's just the way it's always been. And now all of a sudden it's because of... Um, yeah,
1: but we always had access
0: to all these areas before too, and, which uh, we don't anymore. And I don't think... And And I mean, you could get all the... Pollution that we make here wouldn't make one a difference. I mean, we're, we're a long way from anything. I don't think it's going to do with anything that we're doing here. No. Just the way it is. Let's move on. So, um, but anyway, but to those people up there, we su- certainly do feel for you and uh, and hope that um, you can get back on your feet soon. And, mate, you've got to – and the people's families who have lost family members, it's just devastating. The one thing with those fires, mate, is – and it, it, it doesn't get forgotten, it doesn't get mentioned a hell of a lot. It will over time, uh, I guess, in time – is the wildlife.
1: Oh, of course there's I been mean how big... much I mean you see the thing yeah. with the koala, what was yeah, his? They gave
0: him a name and everything. And he had he had to be um he had to be put down yep. because his injuries were pretty bad. But the amount of wildlife is just you know, the numbers just enormous.
1: Yep. Yeah, the um, I saw a picture of Morton Island now that they have a of a python mm. clinging to what was left of a tree. The
0: fires are everywhere. Yeah. Morton Island, yeah, Fraser. Yep. So they just there near Inskip as you go on.
1: Yeah, my sister just went on a cruise. I was supposed to go to Morton Island and yeah. ended up going to Hobart instead. Yeah. Jeez, talk about... It's talk a big about, difference.
0: Talk about a bum steer. <laughs> that was a of <laughs> well, You're kidding. Anyway, so... But, um, yeah, the fires are just everywhere. But, yeah, that's the thing and the wildlife and all that. And The, the thing is, too, I don't know how many greenies you see with a fire hose in their hand. Anyway, we will get into it here, Rico, <laughs> and, uh, and, and kick things off. And I think what we'll do... Um, is uh, get into your thing with the Kelpie dog. What do you reckon? Yeah, we'll mate, the Kelpie. Okay, let's do that. And don't forget, you can send us an email, Rico. What's your email address?
1: Rico on the Duck. Uh, or info at rico on the haven't said that for a few uh, weeks. I'm see? out of practice, mate. Yeah, anyway,
0: no, no good on the radio, would I? I hope we haven't bored you, uh, but we are uh, back into it. We're just sort of finding our feet again here. So the origins of the kelpie dog mate yeah mate take the, it away The Australian kelpie dog so it's uh it's obviously
1: a pretty successful mustering and droving dog and and one of the big things that make it um you know really good at that job is the fact that it can do do it with little or no guidance once it's been well trained um, the kelpies have been exported throughout the world to muster livestock primarily sheep cattle and in some places of the world goats So how about that so the ancestors of the Kelpie dogs were British dogs, um, known very loosely as Collies. Everyone's heard of the Collie dog. Um, most of the time they were black or very dark brown, hence the name Collie, which um, is a word that comes from coal. So, you know, something that's black. Uh, or, you know, you've got Colleries, Colleries, whatever they are. So coal, Collie, dark dog. The official Collie <sighs> breeds weren't formed until about 10 or 15 years after the Kelpie was actually established as a breed. So... When we say they were loosely known as collies, that's what we mean. They weren't actually officially recognised as a breed. Uh, and the first recognised border collies weren't brought to Australia until after Federation, so it was some time afterwards. Now, some collies were imported to Australia for, for stock work in the early 19th century and bred with other types of dogs, um, usually with an eye to working sheep or without direct supervision, as we mentioned earlier, which is what these dogs are really, really good at. They're so intelligent. So for much of the 20th and 21st century, a lot of people thought that kelpies had descended from dingoes. Um, and sometime earlier this year, uh, a genetic study indicated that the kelpie has no dingo ancestry. So if you're one of those blokes that have been swearing blind that kelpies come from dingoes and that's why they're so good at what they do, you're wrong. Absolutely nothing to do with dingoes whatsoever. I'll be honest
0: with you, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. There's usually a lot of stuff that people make up.
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't until I actually did the research for this that I found out that it wasn't true because I always thought it was. Mm. Uh, well, it makes sense, you know. It's mm. such a, an instinctive animal as well.
0: You know, when the. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, which is also a bit of a myth talk. I mean, we get sidetracked again. You know, those, those basket type things that hang across the Pacific Highway at Karua?
1: Yeah, for, well, yeah, for the animals to cross. Yeah. yeah,
0: And people who say it's for the koalas. No, it's for the possums. It's for the possums, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people believe that one too. Oh, there you go. Mm.
1: All right, so the first known Kelpie was a black and tan female pup with floppy ears and it was bought by a bloke called Jack Leeson in 1872 from a litter born on Warwick Station near Casterton in Victoria by a bloke, uh, was bred by a bloke by a name George Robertson who was a Scotsman. Now, the dog was actually named Kelpie. So it wasn't known as a breed at the time, it was just mm. the name of the dog, it happened to be Kelpie. Um, which is the actually... the his name wasn't Rico, Just as well. Imagine mm. that. Imagine
0: that, a breed of Riccos. The Rico dog. Oh, anyway, come on. The, the Rico. Red Rico. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The Red Ricco. <laughs> I, I reckon you would get a bit sunburnt too, eh? Oh, uh, fair <laughs> thing. There, there, there goes a Red Rico down the beach. <laughs> <laughs> now anyway, go uh, on. So um, the dog Kelpie
1: was named after a mythological shape-shifting water spirit. Of Celtic folklore, so being a Scotsman, he's obviously into his Celtic folklore stuff, and mm. and the Kelpie was um was a mythological shape-shifting water spirit. So the second Kelpie was known as King's Kelpie. It was another black and tan dog out of Kelpie, um, and it was bred with another sheep dog called Caesar, which was another dog that came from Scotland. So I guess you could say, if you go back far enough, the Kelpie has its origins in Scotland. Now King's Kelpie. Tied the prestigious Forbes trial in 1879. Now, trials back in, in those days were massive, she- mm. sheepdog trials. Um, and they still are today, I guess, but you don't hear about them, too much of them in the city. Um, so if you had a dog that did well at the trials, uh, and it's probably the same day, it's like a racehorse, you know? If it's mm. if it's got a, a winning culture and a winning history, it's obviously worth more. Mm. Um, so the King Brothers, they were renowned breeders, and they joined another breeder called McLeod, form a dog, Breeding partnership and their dogs dominated the trials from 1900 for the next 20 years onwards. Um, An early Kelpie, Sally, was mated to another a Smooth Collie called Moss and produced a black pup that was named Barb, after the Barb. The Barb was a horse that won the Melbourne Cup. So, consequently, from then on, black Kelpies were known as Barb Kelpies or Barb's. Right. Bit of a uh, bit of a strange one. And there are a number of Kelpies named Red Cloud that did very well in trials over the years as well. I don't know why they specifically went with red cloud. They're obviously red kelpies. Uh, Red cloud in the earliest 20th century and in the 1960s, another red cloud became well-known in WA for cleaning up all of the trials he went to. Uh, And it started a tradition in WA of calling all red or red and tan kelpies, especially those with white
0: chests, red cloud kelpies. Um, Well, that might have been it because of the white chest. Yeah, that's right. White clouds. Another notable Mm. specimen
1: includes gunner, and a Red Dog. Red Dog, of course, mm. made famous in the movie, which was released in 2011. Um, so Red Dog actually lived from 1971 to 1979, mm. in case you didn't know that. So there you go. The um, In Australia, the, the first breeds were, were that, that dog named Kelpie uh, with the collie, and, and that's what the Kelpie is that we know today. Good Actually stuff, it well, And that's it. That Castanon
0: big... in Victoria. So what we need to do now is get people to email us and get us to what movie we should get Rico to watch, and then he can do some research on the... Um, on the, th- I think you should watch the movie Popeye or something next. Have you seen that?
1: I was thinking like The Return of the Jedi or something.
0: No. No? Well, I'm not really into that stuff. No. So let's get something a bit no, more it's... fair dinkum. Oh, Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> <on you. laughs> I don't know, mate. I, do, I reckon he did a lot for the sales of spinach. Hey? I'm sure he did. I don't think I've never seen spinach in a can either anywhere. Have you? I don't think I'd eat spinach out of a can, mate. No, me I couldn't think of anything go. worse. So there you go, that old Red Dog. And uh, mate, Red Dog, True Blue, was on the other night on one of the channels. I saw something. No, I'm
1: not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing sequels, it, it, unless it's, it's, not,
0: it's Star Wars sequels. It's not bad actually, but it's not as good as the first one. But it actually goes back to when he was. What it was, it, what it was, it was like what do they call. It was really a what do they call it, A prequel?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was more
0: or less that's what it was. It was more about him as the dog. I'm pretty sure that part was made up, like most of it was. And there's yeah. no doubt that there was a dog running around over there. I have no doubt, but I don't think it went to Indonesia and. Oh, no, I don't know either. why. I mean, there was obviously a little bit of that's okay. <laughs> oh, but but still, all right. <laughs> don't so Don't let the go. truth get in the way of a good story, mate. Oh, there you go. So there you go. That was the um, the origins of the red dog. And if you've never um, if you didn't know that, well, now yeah, you do. Yeah, there you go. Educational here. Do you like flying? Uh, Mostly no. Let me tell you about flying. It's not so much the flying that I'm not a fan of. It's the flying experience.
1: Yeah, it's the whole...
0: The whole thing. So it's the, as you see, you know where I live out here, so it's a fair drive from here to the airport. So you allow yourself at least two hours to get in there. Um the experience of just doing that, okay, well, that's just traffic and Sydney traffic, and we all know what that's like. Then the parking, then the bus from from the car park to the terminal. Yep. And then all this sounds, you know, what's the problem? The problem is, is you see, so I got on where I parked, the bus turns up, and there's all these stops, you know, A B C D, yep. right? Yep. So, I'd somehow just as a fluke park near car park A, uh, bus stop A. So, I get on the bus, and first one on it. So, I just sit down, you know, all good. And there's seats on the bus that go sideways, obviously, because there's luggage racks and things. It's the yeah, airport, right? Special buses. Well, the time we got to the bus stop, whatever it was, the last one, it wasn't Z, but whatever it was. I had people standing in my face. People yes. just all, it was like, <laughs> so you, all of a sudden your personal space is certainly Non-existent. compromised. Non-existent. <laughs> and old mate hadn't looked like he'd had a tub for a while. I don't know where he was flying to. Probably to the Palmoli factory in America, I'd reckon. So he was standing there, right? Like I'm talking, i did not sit there and close my eyes and pretend it wasn't happening, right? <laughs> then you do the line up and you go through the the security checks. Yes. Which we must have these days. So you go there, off come the boots, then they take one look at me and go, We've got a live one here. <laughs> which we'll single me out. out and then wave the magic wand over me. Right. Meanwhile your stuff's still on it your your wallet, your phone, your keys are in a blue tray. There's nothing stopping anyone. Which is just constantly spinning on these rollers. Yep. From just going, oh, hang on, there's a wallet there, and just grab that while I'm still getting the getting wand waved over me, and <laughs> yeah, and getting dressed basically. And then you've got the experience of getting on the plane, and then so what we did. The flight was okay. I mean, obviously that part of it's all right. You know, you just. And here's another thing too for people on short flights, and I'll get to this again in a minute, right? So yesterday, what we had to do, we had to fly to the Sunshine Coast. Right, which is not not bad. Yep, I saw none of it basically except the airport, a coffee shop, then we had, we had the meeting, and then um, and I will tell you we had the meeting with it was myself, Pete from Eco Pots, and we met with um Bob Carroll who runs all the Queensland caravan four-wheel drive five It wasn't shows. wasn't in a pub. No, I wasn't in a pub. Oh, that's no. unusual. No, no, no. I didn't say it. no. I oh, know well, for you. I, I was keen. But <laughs> I I, I've got to tell you that um, – and, mate, the weather was sensational there. So he just stepped off the plane. so like, geez, it's good here. And uh, anyway, so then there were no flights back out of there that suited. So then we had to drive. So the meeting, so flew, door got in a high car, drove to the sh- to a shopping centre, yep, this big cafe that was sort of outside, had the meeting. And um, we'll be able to talk a bit about that because I'm um, doing some stuff for EcoPots um for the shows up there so i uh, stand by for that and so it was a good meeting yeah, it was a very good meeting the meeting oh, was fine good. great people i mean mate, what a great bloke and met his wife and met a couple of people that work with him and uh mate yeah great bloke but but it's basically EK pots doing a deal with him and i was just along because i'm doing some stuff for them and i'll be doing some stuff for eco pots at the show all right so for the boys in Mackay, chasing at triple a pete and robert gaudry look out i'll be up there next year for the uh, Mackay <laughs> show but, um, no, we've just locked that in. The um, But so far after the meeting, which was all good, hopped in a car. So you've got a picture of this. Landed, got in a car, drove to the coffee shop, get back in the car, drive to Brisbane yep. to get a flight back.
1: Done that a few times. Right.
0: So really, if, it was like you weren't even in Queensland. Yeah. Really, right? Get back to the airport. The flight before ours was cancelled due to weather in Sydney. Yeah, blew a gale yesterday. Yeah, blew a gale, big winds, big dust storms, the whole bit, right? Which weather happens, right? So so the flight before us got cancelled, didn't really affect us because I was booked on the flight after that. So you go through the whole thing and it's delayed. So you're sitting there and you're sitting there and you're sitting there. Then you take off and off you go, you little beauty. That's me rubbing my hands together. We're off. (laughs) Then over the message, over the PA comes this message. This is Rico, your captain, speaking. Uh, We are um, expecting heavy winds in Sydney, turbulence, blah, blah, blah. And we will be in a holding pattern for 45 minutes. Mate, by the time I got home, it was 10 o'clock. Yep. Now, here's a tip for me. This is a tip I'm tipping to myself. Drive. <laughs> yeah, drive. Take the extra day. Line up a couple of meetings and some other things you can do along the way. And just drive. Mate, over the years I've done so many of
1: those trips. Mm. Just day trips to Queensland and and mm. and Victoria and back in mm. the same day, and it's never fun.
0: Well, mate, and the worst part for me here it was, it was I had to go through all the bus ride again. <laughs> so I get so I coming out. And, mate, here's a tip for people flying from Brisbane to Sydney. It's a one-hour flight. Surely you can go an hour without having to order something to eat. I'm sitting there on the edge of the rail. Imagine what the people, like, both ways never sat next to anybody, thank God, for them, right? (laughs) I know
1: what you're going to say. You can imagine the bloke sitting in the middle (laughs) seat, seeing you coming, walking down the aisle. Oh, no, no.
0: He's not coming here, is he? <laughs> but I mean, mate, surely. And I mate, mean, here's another one too, right? Remember the old days? You carry on, so you carry on a computer or a little bit. I mean, people are basically almost carrying on with their luggage now, and they're trying to jam it yeah. in those overhead lockers, right? And then they're holding up everyone trying to get off the bloody thing. We've been sitting on the on the uh, on the thing like we had. We got delayed sitting on the ground in Brisbane. Then it got delayed flying around in circles here. Right, you just want to get off it. Yes, you do, because it's not as if you're sitting back, you know. And people are just get up getting, there. and mate, they are so inconsiderate. And again, you're hanging there, you've got no edge space. You stand up, you're trying to get off. People have got the opening up the lockers, trying to get their, you know, got their shoe. I mean, next time I go, I'm going to like take a take a forty four gallon drum full of fuel or something as well, and cart some <laughs> other stuff with me. I mean, fair them <laughs> But wait, why can't and then why can't people travel for sit there for an hour? And and here's another one. The plane takes off, as soon as the seatbelt goes, people start getting up and going to the toilet. Yeah. Now you just spoke about your, your old man driving the truck who drove from Alice Springs. Iron bladder. Iron bladder Hold on to it. It's not hard. tie are not in it. <laughs> You got to walk. I mean, fair. And then you get them crossing. And then in the middle of that, while they're running to the Brasco, you've got the the girls that are working trying to push those heavy trolleys up and down. Yeah, that's right. Full of right? hot drinks and hot water. And yeah. I, I, I just look. It's just the experience <laughs> is not for me.
1: No, look, I'm the same, mate. I have a theory about public transport in general, and it's not just planes, but trains, buses, taxis, Uber's, whatever it is. This is where the stinky people of the world hang out. This is where they go to spend their time public transport to make it difficult for people that do understand personal hygiene to have a good time.
0: I'll tell you one thing I was impressed with and look okay I, I did I just mentioned the fact that um you know can't you go all the way you can't know, you sit there for an hour without having to yeah order a coffee or order a you know but the, the amount of people ordering beers, <laughs> oh, I can imagine. especially in the holding pattern.
1: geez And uh,
0: oh no, no, the beer—you know, you only get the beer throlley once. I, I, I'm not sure whether you could, but but there were people doing that. And but but I mean, also in the airport, yeah, and in the lounge. Oh, I've been guilty of that, mate. Um, you know, and you know, in both airports in Sydney and in Brisbane, people were just kicking back, having beers. But um, but anyway, but and it was no reflection on on the. I mean, look, mate, the flight itself. I mean, that part of it's... Yeah. It's, just, it's just a personal thing for me. I've got a horror I can't, story. I can't have people just in me face. No. I'm that's trying, not like, I'm sitting there, you got people standing up right in front of you, and I mean right in front of you, right? Yep, I know. Hanging onto those handles in the bus. Yep. And then the line-up, and then having to take your boots... And I understand that it, we live in a world now where security is very, very important, and it's got to be done, and it's just something that we have to put up with. But... I don't have to put up with it. I can just drive. Yeah, I'd make either that. I'll make a lot of money and get me own jet.
1: I got a I got a horror story, mate. I, I end up having to do one of those, uh, there and back in a day type trips to Perth, mm. which is a very 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 long day. Mm. And um, on the way back, I got stuck between two massive Pacific Island cage fighters. So I was in the middle seat. <laughs> Third what, were row.
0: They play, what were they playing? Piggy in the middle? Third, third <laughs> row from the
1: back. The row in front of me was three of these See, blokes, I would, I'd be fairly, going
0: well, I'd defy business
1: class. These blokes were massive. They yeah. filled the seats. They would have been, the shortest one would have been 6'4", 140 kilos. Mm. And there was one, two, three of them in front of me, one either side and three behind me, all wearing the lycra skins and sweating mm. up a storm. Mate, that was the most uncomfortable flight I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I, I could, I would have sucked I out, taste I would have the smell out. coming off these
0: blokes. I would have called out. And i could got to say to you, the one thing, and I, and I, I don't fly a lot. I have flown a bit, but I'm not, I'm not a flyer. I just, I just like I said, it's not the flight, and it's not the airlines. It's the experience I'm talking about. The experience of the traffic. Yeah. And the experience of having to go and park a million miles away, and then the experience of having to get on a packed bus. Yes. And then to line up to have to basically undress and get security checks and, <laughs> and and all which I understand has to happen, but I just don't want to be a part of it. I just don't enjoy the whole ex, the whole I, experience I of any of it, it and then passion. then you get to where you're going, and then when you've got to come back, you go through the whole process again, right back down to the bus, right back to the you know yep. to where you left the car and empty your wallet to get your car and back. Then, and then another thing yeah, and exactly right, and then another thirty five bucks lighter there but it's, it's, it's but the thing is. I have never been on a plane where the girls and the blokes, the air hostess, are so friendly, or ever not friendly. Have you? Uh, I've probably had one experience. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you now. I've never ever. I have never seen, even on, on on. Uh, I actually gave my seat to one of them on the bus going back, yeah. while while a lot of their a lot of their work colleagues were on, because it was at the end of the day type thing. Must have been change of shift. So there was even pilots on this bus going back to the car park. And there were baggage handlers and then there were other staff of all airlines, right? Not just one. Yeah. And I got up and gave this girl me seat who was an air hostess. So she's obviously spent all day flying around the country getting people their waters and their drinks and their beers and pushing that trolley and making sure everyone's comfortable. And one of their work colleagues said, mate, do you want me seat? Yeah, you got to hate that. I did. I said, do "You want to? You sit here, love. You're all right. I can, all good. I've been sitting down, flying around, doing laps around Sydney. What a for the thorough last gentleman hour. you are! Yeah, and plus I thought I'd get to the door because I was getting back off on the first stop, <laughs> being bus stop A. But anyway, yeah, you know, so it's just star. the experience. But I've got to say that to the to the to the staff, they are very very friendly, and obviously it must they must do personality checks, I reckon, on people that work oh, those. They, jobs. Must,
1: they must have missed this lady that I'd. That I had a, oh, I wouldn't say had a run in with, but um, she was far from pleasant.
0: You um, weren't like the Black Off Anger Management when he blew up and they threw him off the plane. Oh, come
1: on, mate, you know me. Mm. I'm lovely.
0: No, fair enough. No, well I, no.
1: I I don't know. I think it's just women with moustaches seem to have a shorter fuse.
0: What airline was this? Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <me> <laughs> no, no, let's not. <laughs> Wasn't overseas, was it?
1: No, no, I've never been overseas, mate. i got no interest in going no, overseas. No, me either,
0: I've got to say. But anyway, so there you go. That was my flying experience this week. And like I said, it's not the, it's certainly not the flight itself. I mean, it's it's brilliant when you think that in the morning you can be in Sydney, and by the end of the day you've been to Maroochydore, Brisbane, and yeah, you, and you're going back to home, and you're back in Sydney. I mean, so far fastest way, obviously to travel.
1: I'd still rather drive, but it's the experience. Every day of the week, I'd rather drive. So would
0: I. And next time I do, I will just make sure that I will I will schedule my time and days around it. Yeah, long way to drive for a meeting that went for two hours. Yeah, but, but see, but so I'm a bit smarter because what I would have done, I knew, I know I could have had another meeting up there with a, with a bloke in that same area about something else, and I certainly could have seen a couple of people in Brisbane as well. So I could have planned it if, if I'd have known. It, got, it didn't so much get thrown at me at the last minute, but it was sort of yeah, I mate, get you. What are you, you sweet for next week? What what are we doing? So it was a bit last minute. So and it had to be done. So I thought, well, let's get out of the way. Yes, let's go. So um, and stand by. But there's a lot of caravan shows in Queensland, as you know. Yes, yeah, some so, crackers. So at this point, we look like going to a, a few of them. And um, like I said, to the boys up in Mackay, stand by. Coming <laughs> your way, boys, Robin, Pete. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm.
1: Talking about caravan shows, it's um, something you mentioned at the top of the show. It was caravan parks? Yes. Um, an absolute corker. And this is going to tie in nicely with uh, starting to, you know, visit some of these towns that have been ravaged by, by these fires. Mm. A place called Crowdy Head. You ever been there?
0: Crowdy Head? Yeah. I know of it. They haven't been there. Yeah, up, been up there. there near Taree. Yeah, I know That is it. a rip snorter. Yeah, right.
1: Now that's setting in some national park there. You a bit of dirt road driving to get into it. And once you're in there, mm. just gorgeous. you got the, the kangaroos running mm. around the place. It's it's right on the coastline. A walk mm. down to the water.
0: mm that's oh, an
1: absolute perler.
0: Some of those regions, I mean, some of the photos that I saw from places like Port Macquarie just look like doomsday,
1: devastating, stuff, incredible.
0: Oh, mate, incredible, just incredible. And um, I mean, like so what we say, if you hit the mid north coast. For your holidays yep. of New South Wales, we get up there and continue to do that because they'll we. Yeah. Be,
1: uh, I'll tell you what I reckon. If you haven't booked at Crowdy Ed by now, you're not going to get in for Christmas this yeah. year. Yeah, You'll probably right. have to book now for Christmas next
0: yeah, year. Yeah, I've spoken. Of, I think I think my old mate Steve Robson was a man. It was a Crowdy Head man. Someone I knew was been there a few times. Was yeah. You may have spoken about it as well in the I, past.
1: I've been up there a few times. Yeah, on the radio. I know yeah.
0: Stevie Z likes it up there. Some good fishing. Yeah, he loves his fishing, doesn't he? He does. So do I. I yeah. just don't get. The you catching any?
1: Oh yeah, most of the time.
0: Did yeah. My well, old bloke who comes on the radio show, Waddy, who owns a company called Barefoot Fishing Safaris in Darwin, and mate doesn't he should mate check his Facebook page out. He catches barramundi bigger than us.
1: Yeah, that's see I don't like that.
0: That's yeah. not good. But they catch um they catch heaps. I don't mm. like that either. What? Because it's not me. What do you mean? Oh, you don't catch fish? <laughs>
1: no, no, I, I I do catch fish, but I'm not catching barramundi because I'm based out of Sydney. Mm-hmm. So when I see people catching barramundi, I get a bit jealous. Right. That's uh, that's something that I haven't done. Something yeah. that I definitely desperately want to well, do. Well, my God,
0: up with what he'll sort you. Yeah. And some of the stories when you know they, they're in a big barrow while it's being chased by a shark, and uh, yeah, they get out there, mate. It's it's brilliant.
1: There was a number of times where I was scheduled to go on a fishing shoot with Steve Starling. Yeah. Uh, and every time we went somewhere that was where we we're likely to catch fish that I don't catch at home. Mm. Something would come up and I'd get cancelled, and mm. Starlow would go off and and have a wonderful time catching mackerel and barra and and all these great fish that we just don't get in Sydney. Mm. The only times I ever ended up on fishing shoots with him was out of Sydney. Yeah, right. Where he can catch flathead and brim. And just no, on nothing f- terribly exciting.
0: There is a bloke and I, was, I spoke about this bloke on the. I look. I look this up on my phone while we're talking, talking about um flatties. I want to know if you've heard of this bloke. And I'll just find, he's got a a YouTube channel, and I'll just find it. And and I'm going to say to you now that it's basically, it's for the (laughs) over-18s, right? And I'll just give you the name of this bloke. Mate, it is absolutely hilarious. And uh, I'm not going to tell you who introduced it to us, but um, I'll tell you this bloke's name as soon as I can find it here. Willem Powers, I think it is. Does that make sense? Never heard of it. Willem Powers, I'm pretty sure that's who it is, and he's got these things called Boat Ramp Sessions. And, uh, mate, I've got to say to you, hilarious, like absolutely hilarious, where he's reversing his boat in and jackknifing it perfectly. He's got a camera mounted somewhere on a tinny out in the water yep. and people are beside him, stop, 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 and blowing <laughs> horns and they've got no idea that the whole oh, thing's a yeah. piss take.
1: Boat ramps are an experience, that's but, sure. Oh yeah, oh, mate,
0: oh, mate, I've actually said to people, listen, get out, I'm <laughs> um, I'm driving, but mate, well, I think it's Willem Powers, I can't find it here, but mate, very, very funny, so if anyone's out there, I'm, but the funny thing was, I said to my young bloke, have you heard about this? Oh yeah, well they'd all, even his mates all start yeah. laughing, and he's just some Aussie bloke who started a YouTube channel and just taking the piss, it's very, very funny. Uh, some corkers out there. Yeah, oh, mate, this bloke's hilarious, and um, like I say, it's strictly for the over uh, <laughs> 18s And a very, look, a, bloke, a young, a young bloke told Chris Woods and I about it, and, and started showing us. And I'd never seen it. He said, "Mate, look at this," and I, I can't reveal who that is because uh, he's a very famous relatives. <laughs> this young bloke, and I said, "Mate, what are you doing watching this?" <laughs> and it was very fun. when I mean, he was, you know, I think he's about seventeen or something. I'm not sure, but. But it was very, very. I'm not naming him, but it was very, very funny, and I was in, uh, I was in tears, um, watching it. So, anyway, all right, mate. Well, we got our, well, we got this week. Yeah, we did. We're, We're back. back. We're back. We're we'll back. We'll do it again next week, should we? Yeah, yeah. I think we'll have another crack next week, and then um, we'll get them. We. we it was a bit of a shame so for those of you uh, who missed out. Sorry about that. But um, we are back though, and I know it's amazing how many people have jumped onto this. I know. I don't know why. We're just sitting here yakking, talking shit, basically. Pretty much.
1: Pretty much. Oh, but anyway. Well, I say everyone's got to be good at something. And, and I, that I, is I
0: us. I, I think i found it. Talking shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what we could call it. We should have. Yeah. We talking should've. shit with Duck and Rickard.
1: I don't know how iTunes would feel about that.
0: Mm. Yeah, Would've maybe been. not. But anyway. <laughs> but no, for all of those of you who, uh, who have sent the messages and uh, all that to us, thanks very much. Thanks to yes, everyone. Both of you. Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's probably our wives. But um, but for those of you who have sent messages, we are back. And like we say, it was pretty um, genuine reasons why we couldn't do it, but we are back. Uh, mate, next week? Yeah, mate, next week. You betcha. All right, that is this week's edition of the uh, Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. Don't forget, uh, you can email us, Rico, quickly. Yeah, info at
1: give us uh, Give us some ideas of what you'd like to hear. I'd love to hear your suggestions.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you've got anything you want us to talk about, Mate, by all means, send through the suggestions right there and we'll uh, see what we can cover for you. Any other questions at all, we're happy to answer those. So uh, be sure to send us an email. In the meantime, that is the podcast this week. Um, Don't forget, if you do happen to see us out there somewhere, come up and say good day and make sure you've got a couple of spare beers with you as well. (laughs) We love that. Or in Rico's case, what is it? Cider. Cider, bourbon. uh, Bourbon's all right. Not fussy. Anyway, fair enough. This has been a Blue Collar Media production. We thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. See you then.